yeah don't it sound so epic horns are screaming i ain't the one you want to mess with use a joke i ain't the one you want to jest with the battle's coming you only got a few seconds to run yeah Hello Bengals fans, I am Matt Minnick and this is Coach Speak. Welcome to the show. We are in NFL Draft Month. Uh, It seems crazy how little time we have uh, since we're so used to uh, in recent years being done at the end of the season and already getting started on mock drafts and already getting started on looking at... uh, you know what the Bengals should do, and arguing about what that, uh, what the Bengals should do. That is, uh, you know, two years ago, we were talking about Burrow versus Tua in early October, and uh, a year ago, we had the Civil War. We had the uh, the Chase versus Penny, and now, I mean, it's a completely different story. You know, we're we're behind the curve a little bit. Uh, and also, we're with where we're picking. I mean, it's essentially the same as saying, "Hey, who are they going to take in the second round?" You know, uh, at 31, there are so many variables, so many things going on in front of them. We're already seeing uh, a good amount of trades for picks that are in front of them. Uh, so there's so many factors, you know, that can go into this stuff, and you know, we got to figure it out. But hey, look, one thing I wanted to talk about today is. common debate during draft season do you draft need or do you draft best available player all right and number one you know i think that's the role of free agency i think you want to take care of need in at least a minimal way to give you that flexibility where you're not pigeonholed you don't have to uh, focus on one position you know i tweeted the other day about you know, wanting to uh, know who people liked at corner at 31. That doesn't mean I think that the Bengals need to take a corner at 31. Um, you know, there could be other options. Like we said, a lot of things are going to happen in front of them. I think corner is a position, though, that it can be really hard to predict who goes where. I think teams evaluate that position very differently from each other. I think more so than other positions. I think we see that even with the with the Kuypers and the McShays of the world, that they're wrong a lot uh, on where these guys go, you know, what the draft position is for, for some of these guys. You know, I think uh, probably Stingley. <laughs> um, you know, there's some issues there, but, you know, Sauce, sorry, and uh, Stingley, not going not gonna to happen. But, I mean, you look at guys like Booth and Elam and McDuffie and Gordon, you know, like that, that next handful of guys, that was no particular order, by the way, um, you could say, ah, oh, that guy's definitely going to be gone. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it depends on who's picking where and what other options they have and what they can do. But let's talk about that, that idea, uh, you know, as I digress here, of need versus best available, all right? And to me, best available incorporates need. So I mentioned Kuiper and McShay, but, you know, Kuipers and McShays and draft networks and all these people, right? Look, they make draft boards. And that draft board is not to diminish the work they've done, all right? Because they do a lot of work. All those guys do really good work and, and, and they know their stuff. But it's generic. 
because they don't have a team, all right? Bucky Brooks doesn't have a team, all right? So that is a draft board for anybody. And it it doesn't matter, you know, because they don't actually have to field a team. Where NFL teams, actual NFL teams, actual GMs, actual coaching staffs, actual front offices, you know, they've got to look at these things in context of their own team. That's one thing, I, like I talked about with corners. I think people are going to evaluate the corner class differently. Um, you know, personally, uh, I have Elam as my third corner right now. I'm going to go back and, and I'm still I'm still working on some things and there will be some content coming out soon uh, about that. But right now, I've got him as my third corner and, and I look at the athletic profile and some of the things he does and I think, this guy should be the third corner all the way. Um, but then I look at a guy like Booth and some of the things he brings to the table, uh, the scheme fit, the tackling ability, um, where he played, honestly, you know, and the level of competition he's faced and the important games he's played in. I see that as a guy that the Bengals are going to have over Elam. So that's just kind of one example. You know, I, I think every team is going to look at, at players differently, right, uh, based on how they fit. Right from a scheme standpoint, uh, but also from a you know a competitiveness standpoint, from an attitude standpoint, um, all those things that they're that they're looking at. You know, uh, uh, Jalen Peter Petrie, whatever. I, I'm, I'll learn that name. We'll get back to it. But the safety from uh, from Baylor, uh, you could tell I wasn't planning on talking about safeties. But anyway, um, I'll, I'll get that name right. We'll figure it out. But you know, he's somebody that, that people talk about. Like his competitiveness is supposed to be off the charts, you know, and, and that's definitely something that the Bengals value and the Bengals put a really high priority on. We've seen in uh, the past, in the last couple of years, you know, the Bengals have targeted team captains. The Bengals have targeted coaches' kids. You know, they, they've targeted people that had some of those leadership, uh, you know, some of that leadership experience. You know, who were used to having a high level of expectations, who have competed at a high level, who have one playoff games at that level. Um, so, you know, these are all things that, that maybe they put a higher priority on than, than some other teams. So just a few examples there. And the next thing is you've got to look at your roster. So let's talk about Tyler Lindenbaum for a minute because I think it's a great example. Tyler Lindenbaum, nobody is really talking about him as being a versatile player. Uh, you know, he's a center. And, you know, I, I haven't really heard anybody say, well, they can draft him and put in a guard. You know, he's a smaller guy. That might not be a great fit at guard, but he's a really, really good center. And I look at him, and I think at some point in the draft, he is by a McShay, Kuyper, Bucky Brooks, draft network, you know, outside looking in type of standard, definitely going to be the best available player. Like, I, he's not going to get overdrafted. Like, he's like there's going to be a point where you're like, man, Linderbaum, Linderbaum, Linderbaum. Um, now, obviously, position value comes into play with some of these things too. Uh, but the other thing is, he can only play center. If, he, if you think he can only play center, you only need one center. So what is your situation at center? Okay? Um, loud car is going past me. But anyway... Um, that's what, you know, that's what happens when you record podcasts from parking lots. But anyway, um, looking at that, all right, that he can only play the, the center position. Um, you got to look at your team. You got to evaluate your team. And 
what do you have at that position? You know, so I think a lot of teams are going to say, hey, we're good at center. Like, we're good, we're fine. You know, we got we got the guy we want. Uh, you know, a lot of them are going to say, we got a guy that's better, all right? At least today, at least, you know, in, in 2022, they've got a guy that's better. You know, maybe they project him long-term as better, but, you know, what is that worth to you, okay? So, you know, you could say that, and you could say, well, maybe it's kind of a wash, all right? So how much are you improving your team by taking that player? Would you improve your team more by taking a player who maybe you have a slightly lower grade on, but in a position where you are weaker? Uh, and then you're going to, you know, look at other teams who, who actually have the need for a center. All right, but, but the point I'm trying to make here is, you know, very few teams really have, like, a, a definite need at center, okay? Um, it's weighing those other opportunities, you know, and figuring out what's going to be the best fit for you. You've also got to think about the opportunity cost of it. So what does this do for us? Uh, how does this improve us as a team? Hey, is he better than the guy we have? Uh, but then you also have to compare that to how much better are we getting if we go with somebody else? You know, like, can we make a greater gain if we add another player? Um, you know, some people talk about, hey, Bobby Wagner. The Bengals should bring in Bobby Wagner. Okay. Yeah, Bobby Wagner's a great player. But, you know, the resources that you're going to spend on, on Bobby Wagner, uh, who is now a Los Angeles Ram, of course, but the resources you're going to spend on him could you spend those better in another place? I mean, you know, in a perfect world where, where you know, everything's free, I mean, yeah, like, he's, he's great. He's awesome. Um, but right now you've got very little financially put into linebacker position, and you're in a pretty good spot. You're very young. Um, you know, is Bobby Wagner better than Logan Wilson right now today? Yeah, he's also a lot more expensive. Uh, so, you know, is that really worth it for you? Okay, so it's the same sort of thing when you come into that, into that with the draft. Like, teams are going to look at Linderbaum and say, hey, is he better? Yeah, well, is it worth putting a first-round pick into? Are we improving our team that much? You know, not is he good enough for a first-round pick, but is this investment of a first-round pick, you know, just like an investment of a $10 million contract, all right, for a free agent, for example, you know, is that investment worth the difference worth the change we're getting. Now, on the topic of Linderbaum, I think the Bengals put themselves in a pretty good position with what they did in free agency where, look, it's really that left guard position that we're, we're, we're thinking about right now. Okay, I, I think they're going to have, there's going to be an opportunity for Jackson Carmen there. And some have said, hey, let's go out and get a veteran. They should get a veteran. But right now, I think they're in a, in a sweet spot where they're not oversaturated that position, all right, on the interior line. They can take a Linderbaum and feel good about the competition and the things they're doing there, all right? If they bring in Linderbaum, you get Ted Karras, all right? Ted Karras, you said he was going to be your center, but he's got position versatility. He can play center, he can play guard. He's actually played better in the NFL at guard. So you bring in that guy, all right? Now you've got that position versatility, and that allows you to say, hey, we got Linderbaum, we got Jackson Carmen, and we got Ted Karras, Okay. Between those three, we're going to find two starters. We're going to feel good about Karras at whatever spot he needs to be. You know, hopefully Jackson balls out this year. Hopefully Linderbaum comes in and he's a stud. All right. And then we've got Ted Karras on a pretty reasonable contract with a pretty reasonable out next year um, as, a, as a fourth man in the interior. He can back up all, all three positions. 
which has some value because you know you're going to need that guy. Like, that guy's going to play a lot of snaps uh, in, the, in the NFL with injuries and everything like that. So I think they put themselves in a really good position with that. Now, let's say it doesn't happen. Okay? Linderbaum's gone or, you know, they decide to go in a different direction. They take a booth. They take an Elam. Um, you know, they, they take a, a, a Daxton Hill or another safety whose name I've, I have yet to learn how to pronounce. So that's fine. Because guess what? After the draft, there's going to be an okay guard there that they can go out and they can sign. Might still be Quentin Spain. You know, like, it's been a big push for bring back Spain, bring back Spain, bring back Spain. I just don't think you have to do that right now. And, and if you lose Spain in the in the shuffle, I don't think the guy that you can bring in after the draft is going to be that much of a, a drop-off that it really matters that much. So you're in that sweet spot. You're in a good spot right now. You can do this, you can make it happen, and you can still bring in a insurance policy for the Jackson Carmen experiment um, after the draft. Because there's going to be somebody there that's that's, that's going to be fine for that anyway. Um, but I think if you if you bring in Spain now, you know, I'm not saying you're not going to bring in uh, Linderbaum, but now it kind of complicates that thing. It's like, well, where's Spain going to be on the depth chart? Are we investing resources we shouldn't invest here? Um, you know, does, is Spain going to get caught if those guys work out? It, like, it, it's, it's just kind of a funky little position you put yourself in. And I don't think there's any reason to do it. Because I, I think you're going to be able to find that type of guy after the draft. Anyway, this thing's going too long. So we're going to cut it off right there. Um, that's my thought. You know, so the basic idea here is, hey, it, we can talk about best available player and need as being two separate things. But I really think need, when you actually have an NFL team, you actually have a scheme, you actually have a roster, you can't take need out of that equation uh, of what is the best available. I'm Matt Minnick for Cincy Jungle, Coach Speak, who day, baby? Yeah, we coming for with sours. Yeah, we coming for with sours. You hit a